Welcome to Teacher Pop, a podcast where teachers discuss pop culture topics and how they can apply to teaching in the classroom. I'm your host, Jordan Billings, a seventh grade social studies teacher who loves being in the classroom and talking about all things pop culture. Let's get into today's topic. All right, folks, uh, we are here with the uh, amazing Chris White for another amazing episode of Teacher Pop. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for that. I would like to uh, also say thank you for having me. And uh, I've just experienced 27 glorious years of education and coaching, and I'm on top of the world. So I'm just enjoying life and happy to be here. Awesome. So today we are talking about a phenomenal movie. I would probably say, I mean, when you're talking about Westerns, this movie is to me by very easily in the top five of all time. And I think you could even go further up into the threes, but we are talking about the movie Tombstone, 1993, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer. Um, So Chris, since you're the guest, um, for those of us that haven't seen the movie, Take us there. What is this movie about? Well, it's in the, the glory of the old West, and it's about some brothers that moved to Tombstone, Arizona, in search of a better life with uh, wives in tow. Yep. And then um, they end up kind of getting there, and um, there's this organized kind of group of bad guys called the Cowboys. And like, they try to kind of stay out of the fighting and just try and do stuff. But um, eventually they, uh, they get roped in and kind of lots of battle ensues and, and things like that. So um, do you have a, uh, a favorite scene or a favorite quote from Tombstone? Well, I kind of went in the direction of a good scene and then the best line out of that scene. So there's a scene that's taking place in Kurt Russell's new, newly found casino job where he's got part of the house take for running the operations. Mm-hmm. And he has no customers and the bartender's complaining, I also have no sales, business is dead. And he goes, well, why? And he points over to this, for lack of a better word, in education, a bully. Okay. He's sitting at a table and bullying people out of their money, bullying them to bed. And he goes, Just it. Me. and he walks over and he goes, you're sitting in my chair. And this person goes, mister, can I help you? Anyway, it goes very quickly into a slap, slap, slap. And Mr. Bully is bleeding from about two places. And one of the most classic lines in the whole movie is Kurt Russell, as calm as ever, asks him, are you going to skin that smoke wagon or are you just going to stand there and bleed? I love it. I was wondering if we were going to talk about this scene because it's definitely one of my favorites. And I, I like that you kind of mentioned that whole bully issue that like here's Kurt Russell and he's saying this is a nice place and you know I think a lot of us as we're teaching can think about that like this is a nice class like we have a nice class bunch of kids or whatever and sometimes we know that sometimes it can only take that one that that can really take a lot of your your effort um and as I think about that that um you can see that Kurt Russell in that scene is he is like he is sizing that person up And he sits there and he listens to him. So you notice that like he doesn't necessarily like go over and get in the in the face of that person. And I think that that's maybe an important educational thing to think of, too, which is to like it's hard sometimes, but you really kind of sit and listen Mm -hmm. and see what's going on in that particular situation. 
And I call it kind of casing out the room because Kurt yeah. Russell was a famous sheriff in Kansas, which yeah. incidentally was home to many of the wildest bars in the Old West, was checking out the scene in the room. And he's going, hey, this one guy is bullying our business out of this place because people are afraid to come in here. So you looked, it's within reason to stand up to bullies. I mean, everybody could leave with their pride, except this person who deserved what he got and stomped out of there as a big baby, which a lot of bullies sometimes are. Yeah. And, you know, with some of that, like I, I do, I really think there's a lot of educational value in that to where you are like, it's very easy for, for sometimes the educators to, um, what do they, they even have a term for it in there, which is like to go run and heal, which is kind of one of those Western slang terms for having a, having a gun. And that's one of those common things to think about. And one thing to note, even in this entire scene is Kurt Russell is not armed. He does not have a gun when he goes into that particular situation. And you're saying that like, he just responds to him as calm as can be. And he just takes care of the situation and that's it. And, For lack and of a better just, word, taking care of the trash, taking out the trash. And he's just like, and that's it. You know, we've taken care of the situation and that's where we're at. And, you know, I think that that is a, a lot of times that can be a, a value for us as teachers to be able to take care of that situation, but then mm -hmm. be able to move on and, and, and get our class on the classroom. Exactly. Because the majority of kids want to be there and they want to learn. It's been that way for years. Exactly. And we want to do what we can to support even all of them. And sometimes, mm -hmm. as you say, sometimes those, you know, those people that have the, the bullying attitude, the off-task behavior, all of that kind of stuff that like sometimes they do just need to be listened to every now and then. Yes. And just to kind of like, to more than anything, diffuse the situation. Not, not mm -hmm. to, you know, not to all of a sudden, you know, pull out your six shooter and get in there. No, it's like, sometimes it is just about listening and, and going in that way. Well, this um, movie's kind of on the border, you know, but I just, again, I want to say that violence isn't the answer. It never absolutely. is, it never has been, nope. especially in an educational setting, but even in, in movie making, um, mm -hmm. it's obviously as needed, but you know, this movie has a little bit of that, but still has so many more messages than that, that, attract so many different types of viewers. Oh, absolutely. Um, okay, so then as, as I'm thinking about this, um, one of the scenes that kind of came to my mind, and it's a little bit after, after the scene that we're talking about. So these guys have been in town for a while, and they start to see that there's this group of, you know, ruffians, the cowboys um, that are, you know, they're even like in the theater trying to enjoy a time and whatever. They're pulling out their guns and shooting all over the place and, and all of that. And then um, at one point, one of the brothers who's played by Sam Elliott, which of course you obviously know that he's gonna be great in a Western, mm -hmm. Sam Elliott. And um, you know, he, he has this scene where um, you know, he's, he's put on the badge and he's gonna be one of the town marshals. And your Wyatt Earp comes in and, and he's, he's saying, well, you know, wait a minute. I thought we weren't getting involved in any of this. Like, I thought we were here for a new life. And of course, he'd left a life of law in order to, to this. And, and, you know, Sam Elliott has this, you know, uh, this hold on nothing, you know, like I, I'm walking around this town and it's like people are slapping me in the face. And like people are afraid to walk down the street. If we're going to have a future here, it's got to have some law and order. 
yeah, this is wrong. Exactly what he's trying to tell them. You know, this is not right. This is wrong. And, you know, thinking about something like that in terms of, of education and, and knowing that, like, sometimes you've got to have that, that stand at that point. And mm -hmm. you've, you've got to be able to, you know, work to create the environment that the kids need. It's a strong characteristic to be able to display courage, you know, in, in the idea that you're going against what your brother's wishes are just to stand up for right versus wrong. And I think exactly. that's what happened in that scene. And, you know, that can even go for things like, uh, you know, different teaching styles and, and things like that. And, and to know sometimes that things are going to work for some students and that things are not going to work for others and being flexible to, to change around, to, to meet the needs of the moment, I think. Absolutely. So, um, what do you think of, and I'm trying to think of some of these characters. So we've talked about Wyatt Earp a little bit and we talked about his, um, brothers. Uh, let's talk about one of the other quintessential characters, which is Doc Holliday played by um, Val Kilmer, an amazing, amazing performance. Um, what do you think of this character in terms of like what he's going through in the movie? Well, I think he had a tremendous friendship with Wyatt Earp and one of the scenes that I would like to bring up just briefly is when um, Wyatt Earp basically takes on the Red Handkerchief gang by himself, cross-firing Oh. and catching a lot of flack in and around the pond while everybody else on his side is cowering down. And when it's all over and done with, obviously Wyatt Earp survives. And there's a person that was with him in the group. It told Val Kilmer that, you know, hell, I got lots of friends. And Val Kilmer goes, I don't. And it kind of really resonated with me in education that, you know, you just need that oak, that rock that to stand by you when times are tough. And you'll risk your life to get to hang on to that, you know, by the side of your friend. And I think, again, that's that talks in volumes about how we should protect each other, you know, and friendship is everlasting. Absolutely. You know, now that that scene, as you've talked about that, that kind of sparked something in me, too. So this this scene to kind of paint a picture. Um, so, you know, we had in the beginning where Wider didn't want to be involved they, they get involved and they have the, you know, famous shootout at the, at the okay corral, um, which I'll get back to in a second. Um, and then, so, so they move from that. And then now, um, you know, they've gotten involved with these cowboys, but these cowboys are seeking revenge and they actually end up. And again, I'm, I'm, I know that we've, I usually say this in the show a little bit earlier, but there are some spoilers and some, some things like that. But again, this movie is from the nineties. Um, so, you know, hopefully you've kind of seen it and whatnot, but, um, uh, but they end up killing one of Wyatt Earp's brothers. And so they end up leaving. And even as, as he leaves, he actually says, I want you to know that this is over. And he tries to bury the hatchet and he tries to, you know, as he's leaving, tells the leader of the Cowboys, I know this is going to be over. Mm -hmm. And, and they're, they don't let it go. And he's like, you've called down the thunder. Well, now you've got it. And so it, be, it becomes this huge battle between the Cowboys and Wyatt Earp and this small group of, of friends that, that he's got to go through this. And the scene that you're talking about is kind of towards the beginning of that, they're in this like clearing 
And all of a sudden, like shots are ringing out from all over the place and they're ducked behind just about anything they can find. And then they're, you know, shooting and the guy's like, hey, Wyatt, how the hell are you? We got some boys behind you, got you in a little crossfire. And then just at one point, it like, it all gets kind of quiet and whatever. And so, you know, his friends are shooting and like, man, think of something, you, we got to fix this situation. And he just, you know, shotgun ready and he just stands up and he just walks out there. And yes, he's no, and he's just like, he can't stand it anymore. And there's the scene where the, you know, the main guy, Curly Bill is like shooting at him and he keeps missing and he's like, no, and just double barrel shotgun takes him out, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I tell you, I think about something like that. I think that says, we'll, we'll get that educational spin, which is risk taking in education. <laughs> And like, and I, I wonder if you even have a, a experience of, um, you know, maybe watching a class situation where you're like, whew, I don't necessarily know I'm going to get through these next couple of minutes and whatever. But then you as the educator coming in and making that stand to say, you know, no, we're not going to do this. We're going to get, we're going to get our educational content out of today. We are going to have a good day and we're going to mm -hmm. like write the ship. And, and that's what I'm thinking about when I see that scene. Absolutely. And young teachers probably see a lot of things for the first time each and every week they teach. And it also reminded me partway in that scene where a couple of his gun hands, Wyatt Earp's gun hands, when it's all over, goes, have you ever seen anything like that? And the partner goes, hell, I haven't even heard of anything like that. Yeah. That's kind of what education is. It continues to unwrap itself in front of you and you're left to make decisions and again these are the types of scenes that kept drawing me further and further into the movie because you almost wanted to see what's next because these these lines are just grabbing me you know and i i agree they resonate a lot with teaching yeah. and education and you know knowing that sometimes like you know it, it, that's a and that's a scene that even you it, it makes you nervous you know being a a viewer to go like oh my gosh he is walking out there and, and he's, he's doing that. And yet there are a lot of times in education where stuff like that can almost be commonplace where it's the, you know, I like I'm the teacher and like, I can't hunker down and things like that. Like I, I can't just sit at my desk and try and grade when I'm, I'm seeing a situation going South, I'm going to have to stand up and do it. Or even something like um, risk taking in terms of a lesson that um that you're not necessarily 100 percent sure about um i'll disclose a little story of one that i even actually had happen this very day this is like brand new um so with uh my students i do um boss battles and i work with uh, google sheets that actually take their scores automatically and it actually calculates and, and the kids get to see the boss battle take damage and whatever. But what's really interesting with how that works is it doesn't a hundred percent work until everything is populated. And so I actually have to set it up and I have to sit there and wait until the first kid types in a score and then that grade happens and then I watch it. And I will tell you, that as kids are taking a test and as that boss is going up there, I can tell the kids are so into it. I'm like, I have them. The gut, the, the fire is happening. 
bullets flying all over the but not literal bullets are flying all over the place but in the i'm i'm painting the i'm painting the scene metaphor yeah the metaphor and so you know everybody's wrapped up into this we're at this pinnacle moment where i you know i'm we're we're getting ready and yet there's still that part of me that is kind of saying ooh is this actually going to happen is this not mm-hmm. and so it 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 has that kind of wider feel where sometimes you go out and you're like i'm not 100% sure that this is going to go right. And, and you, you have that, you know, down by the Creek walking on water kind of, kind of feel. So he's definitely plays a hero role that you can rise up to and understand where he was at the beginning of the movie. Just wanted to open a business, make a good living, let somebody else run the city to being tested on every level of courage, tenacity, perseverance, you name it. And he had to display that throughout that movie, which, was great because it basically you know sparked most of the scenes in it oh exactly um so i wanted to get back to the gunfight at the okay corral this is one of those you know i think that they have a lot of scenes in there that really kind of keep you going i i think that there's a lot of it gets you story and then you have your action and then it gets you back into your story and gets you back into your action um and the gunfight at the okay corral is one of those i mean historically it's known um and and in the movie they do an amazing job of it but i don't know if you know this you may but um there's actually a it's it's i will call it a blooper but i think it's just one of those like mistakes that they made in in shooting the the picture and it's about doc holiday so to paint the scene you've got the three wider the three erp brothers and then you've got Doc Holliday, and they're going to confront the Cowboys to tell to disarm them. But the Cowboys are ready for a fight, and and it's been it's been building to this point. And so, um, and they even have that amazing scene where you get to watch everybody's face mm-hmm. zooms in, and and they have all of these intense faces, and they're looking around. And at one point, like they kind of slow down the footage a little bit just to kind of give the drama a little boost. It is. And you can see that everybody kind of has very nervous faces and whatever, except for one guy, which is Doc Holliday. And then at one point, you just see this really subtle wink from Doc Holliday at one of the guys. And his face changes from nervousness to ready to fight. And you just watch. And that is where then all of a sudden, everybody's guns are out shooting and stuff like that. But um, so Doc Holliday has a shotgun. Back then it was a two-barreled shotgun, so you would have two shots. But in that scene, if you look at it, he actually shoots it three times. Mm. He shoots it once in the air to get this horse to go out of the way, and then he shoots the guy behind him, and then he shoots another guy and then throws the shotgun away and pulls out his pistol. So it's one of those funny things that even then, even in the midst of this amazing scene you have you know these these little details three shots two barrels <laughs> three shots two barrels yeah you know? um and so i mean you have that scene and even then even right before the fight as they're getting ready to to confront even sam elliott comes in and he goes you know we're here to disarm you throw up your hands and then everybody every one of them reaches for their gun and he goes hold it it's not what i want and, you know, I, I think that, again, that's an, an interesting thing that even when he'd been hearing that these guys, you know, want to go after him, they want to kill him and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, you know, you're coming in and breaking the law. and like, that's not what I want. I'm just here because 
you're breaking the law. Be consistent. That's my next point is in nowadays thinking that would be a misdemeanor probably. Yep. And Kurt Russell goes, you guys will be lucky to get that to stick when they're arguing about whether they should even go over there. Mm-hmm. And then they go, if we're going to have laws, the point of the law is to stand behind it and trust it and to power was not even thought of. So they all just marched right in there. One of the things that got to me at the end of that scene is the mayor, I believe, or whoever the role was, um, his name was Behan. Yeah. And he calls Wyatt Earp over and he goes, you guys, I'm going to bring you guys up on charges. You're all goes, under arrest. You're all under arrest. And he goes, Behan, I don't think I'm going to allow you to arrest us today. And again, it just so bittersweet because it's like the gunfight and then just a line that you could take and just for just rehearse for years because it was just classic the way that was laid out and you know you arrest us today oh my god and and you know when you think about something like that i love how you're saying and you're talking about expectations and as educators you talk about that we have expectations um all all the time we've got expectations in the hallway we've got expectations in the cafeteria you have classroom expectations and all of that and I, i think that you also have that thought of and you've kind of said it, which is fairness, that we need to make sure that we're being fair to our students and making sure that you're right. You know what? If this rule is happening in this class, you know, we, we need to make sure that we're adhering to those. And that way it makes sure that we we don't necessarily we don't play favorites. We, we don't you know, we're, we're trying to keep things on an even keel. It doesn't matter, you know, what student it is. Well, you're hopefully trying to build character in students and the way that they can understand that is nobody is above the rules that we have. We'll enforce them if we have to, but the bigger picture is this is the type of education you're going to draw from when you're older, not necessarily the X's and O's of language, arts, or math. It's the socialization lessons that they should learn about how maybe like a school is a society. How is this society going to function day to day? And you can let people slide on rules for a day or two, and then you'll have anarchy within a month. And schools are no different. Exactly. And, you know, kids, kids, you know, that we, there's been a lot of data and things that have been supporting the kids thrive in that type of environment because mm-hmm. it makes them feel safe. That consistency, those high expectations can make, pe- can make kids feel safe. Absolutely. Hi. So um, one of the things I also like to ask as we're doing this is we've kind of like gone through the whole movie. Um, are there any don'ts that we see from, from Tombstone as, um, as educators? Well, I think it's basically that you have to learn to conduct yourself and draw on your instincts. Um, and sometimes you're going to, you're going to be correct. Sometimes you're not going to be correct, but teaching is, takes as every bit as much skill as, as being a student does. And it's a connection that the two have. But I would say, again, to this movie, I mean, there's so many points that you can bring up. But, you know, again, adult, adult would be to obviously, like I said earlier, not condoning violence. That's just. Uh, I think, yeah, we've, I think we'll say no. Yeah, we've, we're yeah. like, yeah, that's think we're definitely going there. So much easier than they can be any other way. And that's exactly what they brought out in that movie. They wanted them to not draw their guns. They wanted them to draw down. We're not here for a fight. We're here to enforce the law. And I think. Again, that correlates and, and the don'ts would be it from any student to take away, you know, that a fight 
or any type of thing is, is the answer because it's not, you know, and I think they did a good job dividing the bullies and the good guys to make that point. I think you're right. And knowing that there's always a different way, mm -hmm. you know, there's always a different way to, to address that. Um, I will say, so let me throw in, cause we haven't necessarily talked a, a, a ton about Doc Holliday. And I think this will kind of hit on a subject that um, we've kind of, I think it's very popular in education today. There's a, a scene where, um, or Doc Holliday's been kind of, he's, he's a professional gambler by trade. And so he's been gambling and he's, he's in the, you know, uh, bar with, with Wyatt Earp and, and Wyatt Earp's brother comes up to him and says, Doc has been pushing so hard, 36 hours straight and he won't stop. And, you know, Wyatt's kind of like, well, you know, nobody can really make him stop and, and all of that. And, you know, he even tries to kind of like, he grabs some money and sits down next to Doc and, you know, Doc is, you know, pull up a chair and he's like, hey, you know, you've been hitting it kind of hard. Do you think maybe you want to, you know, and he is like, you know, I will not be pawed at. I'm going to sit here. And, you know, that type of stuff, I'm going to take that in the direction of workload for people. And I think that, you know, we've all seen that. I mean, there are some of those teachers that just like, it, it's, it's hard to not work for that mm -hmm. amount of time and, and the pushing. So, so I would say that, that that would demonstrate a don't from, from Tombstone, which is that we all need our self-care. We all need our, our breaks. And, and to take a second to have that break, I think ultimately you find that that's going to reward you a lot more as time goes on, you know, pushing yourself yeah do two, three hours of sleep and then try to get up and do it again. I mean, of course, now you also teach um, physical education. So I know that you could probably speak bounds about the, you know, benefits of making sure that you are getting enough sleep and enough rest. Mm -hmm. And we do a really good job, I believe, in incorporating that into our classes. So again, we'll have the kids move for 10 to 15 minutes and then we'll have them sit and try to understand the importance of hydration, try to understand the importance of getting a good night's sleep because that's when the body repairs itself. And kids need to know that, especially the ones that are extremely active, the ones that aren't as much. Again, we cover a pretty extensive health um, curriculum. So we'll talk a lot about label reading and what it takes to have a good diet in your, in your life. And, and I think, again, that correlates to having the whole child educated, not just, you know, the core subjects. So and I, I will say, I'm also assuming, because I know you're talking about students, but um, teachers can benefit from having that self-care and rest too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And get some exercise. I mean, no matter what your age is, get some kind of movement going every day. But I was going to quickly quote, because again, yes. I don't know if you brought it up, but you know, again, in, in looking at the way teachers drive themselves, especially the ones that have these short-term, mid-range and long-term goals, and the, and the days are flying by, is when Doc Holliday goes, I've only begun to defile myself. Yes. When he tried to get him to slow down, he goes, no, I'm in the zone. I've only begun to defile myself. It was a great line. Oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> okay. Um, well, uh, do we have anything else that we need to add? Any final kind of wrap up thoughts? Yeah, let's get a tombstone 2020. And maybe have some cyber criminals and all kinds of stuff, Westworld-like. I mean, let's think outside the box here. Go. See, yeah. that would be amazing to, to check that out. Have a, have a different version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, Chris, thank you so much 
for being on the show. We'll totally have to have you back on. I know that there are other movies that we can totally talk about. Absolutely. Uh, awesome. So um, this has been a great episode of Teacher Pop. Guys, thank you guys for listening. Tune in for our next show. But other than that, uh, keep popping and uh, have a have a great one. <laughs>